It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Upfront program, a daily show that's been on the air here uh, since at least 1983 on WNRI. Nice to have you uh, with us on this uh, Thursday morning. Christopher Boule usually joins us at this time, but uh, he's enjoying a well-deserved vacation. He'll be back next Thursday. And um, so um, today we're going to do a couple of things. We have Jeff Gamasha with us in the early part of the program. Good morning, sir. Always a pleasure having you by microphone side. Yes, back in the saddle again. If you missed me from last hour, I'm back. So yesterday's program inspired today's program. Yesterday we had Steve D'Agostino, and uh, he was uh, telling us about the issues concerning wastewater and also Cinegro burning sludge. And uh, that uh, led us uh, to uh, the second topic, which has nothing to do with uh, wastewater and burning sludge, and that's clean water, drinking water. And uh, we made arrangements uh, to uh, talk to um, one expert and also, uh, um, I guess you'd call it a a PR guy uh, from um, a company called Veolia. And they are the uh, people, the the vendors who have the uh, contract here in Woonsocket to care for the water treatment plant. We're going to learn a little bit about our our water and and how they test it and um, the quality of it and stuff like that. That's a little bit uh, later in the program. Uh, There are other things that we do want to tell you about and also bring you up to date on a few of our advertisers as we make our way through the program today. So stay Right along with us. Anything you want to uh, mention, uh, Mr. Jeff? Well, I do want to mention the Lynch season. One of our sponsors has a great Lynch special for you. And if you're like me, fish just doesn't cut it on Fridays in Lent. I always looked forward to it as a kid, Raj, because I knew I was getting pizza. Mm -hmm. And cheese pizza was my go-to and still is my go-to. Uh, Lyndon Meal, uh, Athena Pizzeria, one of the newer pizzerias. We talked about him before. His name is Chris, a local guy. He's very excited and wants to be your pizza maker. So when I want a good pizza, I always go to a guy who is excited about making good pizza. And that's Chris with over 30 years of restaurant experience. And check this out. Now, two large cheese pizzas. We talked about their pricing before. It is outstanding. Two large cheese pizzas. Keep this in mind on your Friday in Lent. $16.99. Now, that price is already outstanding. But if you mention WNRI, you get an additional dollar off. You're going to get the two large cheese pizzas for $15.99. That's just $8 a pie. There are some places, Roger, they're charging $19.99 just for a cheese pizza. Uh-huh. Here, yeah, you're getting two for $15.99 when you mention WNRI. And that's a great way to feed your family on a Friday during Lent. Large cheese pizza with eight chicken wings, $19.99. And again, you mentioned WNRI. You get another dollar off and you're getting that for just $18.99. That's an eight-piece chicken wing to go along with your large cheese pizza. Are you having looking for something for lunch today? Well, they have a new lunch special just for you. A half a sub with either a tossed or Caesar salad and a can of soda, all for just $9.99. And that's served until 3 p.m., seven days a week. And if you're looking for something different on your Lenten special, keep in mind they have a vegetable sub 
and much more. Delivery within 10 miles of Woonsocket. So if you're in Cumberland, Blackstone, Bellingham, Rentham, Franklin, uh, delivery is available to you. First two miles free delivery, 75 cents per mile after three miles or more. And also I want to tell you about the Honey Shop. And the Honey Shop is located right here in Woonsocket at 1300 Park Avenue. And what we do at the Honey Shop is we have uh, a great selection of gourmet foods and we have health foods and we have natural remedies. We are a gift shop and also uh, we're a place that has workshops too. And uh, the best thing to find out about uh, the upcoming workshops is to uh, is to go on Facebook and check us out on Facebook and you can see what's happening for the rest of March in terms of uh, workshops. And also you can also find out what's happening for April on our Facebook page, including uh, we'll have uh, workshops on Mediterranean cooking and uh, Asian cooking and um, how to make pasta and things like that. It's really uh, quite the uh, quite the place to visit for either instruction on uh, how to be a, a better uh, chef at home or uh, maybe uh, just uh, picking up something for an anniversary or most of all, uh, since the name of the place is the Honey Shop, picking up some honey and their signature product, Breathe. We're the Honey Shop. We're on Park Avenue right here in Woonsocket, and we'd love to have you visit us. And uh, we'll be open a little bit later on today. Incidentally, if you're checking up on something um, uh, before you get there, you can call us, and uh, we'll tell you whether we have it in stock or not, or whether we can get it for you, or when we can get it for you, 766 766- 1488. That's the Honey Shop, 766-1488, and the Honey Shop is located right here in Woonsocket. We had uh, the uh, owner of the place, Kathy uh, Lavely, on our program last week, and we talked a little bit about um, about food and and also foraging in the um, in the woods and so forth. Very interesting person, and uh, thank you, uh, Kathy, for stopping by here on the program. All right, time out for Ciro's. They're open at noontime today, one of the premier uh, places for uh, dining, whether it's in the evening or at lunch. Charming ambience in a cozy setting with scrumptious food and entertainment is a great way to describe Ciro's Tavern at 42 Cherry Street, Woonsocket. Stop by for lunch Wednesday through Sunday featuring new luncheon specials added by Chef Fernando. Check out our soup served in a crock and deli sandwich combos at 10.99 or Specialty combos like Philly cheese and sirloin steak sandwiches served with your choice of soup, salad, Caesar salad, fries, or seasonal vegetables. And at the bar, appetizers, including house-mixed cocktails and sangria specials, they're all $6 every day till 5 p.m. I recommend the tequila margaritas. Come on in and enjoy your lunch at Ciro's Wednesdays through Sundays, or come in and wind down after work at 42 Cherry Street, Woonsocket. Ciro's of Woonsocket. Let's be happy again and watch. Wine and dine at Zero's. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. We're on WNRI AM. WNRI FM, and we're on the internet. Uh, Tune in radio is one of the apps that people are listening on. And of course, our own uh, website, WNRI.com, that we've had for 20 years. And so nice to have you no matter where you're listening on the radio or on the internet. We uh, enjoy your uh, your company and being with us. So today, uh, this part of the program, um, we're going to uh, talk about water. And uh, first of all, let's make sure uh, 
who we're going to talk to are uh, available to talk to us. Uh, hello, John, and hello, Chris. Can you say hello before we introduce you there? Good morning, Roger. All right. Okay. All right. We got somebody there. <laughs> and we'll, uh, we'll talk with these guys in a second, and I'll tell you who they are and why what we're doing. So yesterday, Steve D'Agostino was on our program, and we uh, talked about wastewater on the program. And uh, that was, uh, that's a big topic here in Woonsocket. And, um, and today, we're going to drop the word waste. <laughs> we're going to talk about just water. And um, this, um, this place uh, here in Woonsocket, our water treatment plant, I was at the uh, groundbreaking or rib- ribbon cutting, whatever you want to uh, call it. Uh, when, uh, when it opened up the new uh, treatment plant, I got a tour of the place. And, and uh, Jeff, uh, uh, here at the radio station and myself, we have been monitoring uh, wastewater, which is a separate topic, not our topic today, and we've been monitoring water. Matter of fact, our Jeff Gamash uh, lives uh, right near the water treatment plant here in Wasaget. We go by it all the time and think about it all the time. And so we're going to talk a little bit about um, water today. And why are we talking about water? Well, first of all, we want people not to get confused with the controversy that's going on in Wasaget about wastewater. Uh, which uh, we have been talking about with Mr. D'Agostino. And then the separate topic of water, which we're going to talk about with uh, John and Chris today from uh, Veolia, the um, the vendor. And, and, and I'm going to ask you guys, uh, as I uh, explain this company, uh, uh, this is the way I understand it, and Woonsocket residents understand it. Correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but... When Socket owns a water treatment plant and then they need a vendor or a company, a professional company, to come in with their professional people and, and maybe hire some local people to operate it uh, under a contract for the city of Woonsocket. And I think that's what Veolia does. Uh, who wants to, uh, the, the community relations guy, do you want to handle uh, that? That sounds like a public relations question. Uh, what, is, what is the relationship between the company and the city? Uh, it's basically as you described it, Roger. I, I can let John speak to it more specifically because he's he's there on the ground and is very familiar with the operations in one socket. John, yeah. So, Roger, you're absolutely right. We uh, we maintain a, a contractual relationship with the city of one socket to operate and maintain their drinking water plant. Uh, we also do that for for many other communities in the state of Rhode Island, uh, to include uh, Pawtucket, Cranston, Smithfield, um, as well as Lincoln. Now, John. Uh, you're um, senior vice president of uh, operations here in in Woonsocket at the treatment plant. That means you're, uh, I guess, uh, on the ground uh, all the time, right? I'm I'm not the day to day operations mm-hmm. manager. I have uh, plant superintendent Mike St. Pierre um, who manages the day to day operations. I'm a lifelong resident of Rhode Island, so I live in Rhode Island and mm-hmm. maintain an office. And. Um, and have- uh, when I talked with uh, Steve D'Agostino, yeah, he explained to me that uh, you uh, you have uh, longtime uh, connections uh, to uh, Woonsocket. I guess at one time you were on the other side, wastewater. But uh, right now uh, we're talking about water this morning. And uh, going back to um, before your company came in uh, and, the, and the groundbreaking and the ribbon cutting that we had... Uh, uh, John, Woonsocket pretty much handled its uh, own water in-house. Is that a, a fair way of, of saying it, um, or, or did we have another arrangement? No, that's absolutely right. There was a the former drinking water plant located on Man- Manville Road. It uh, was previously uh, operated by city personnel. 
city personnel still maintain the distribution of the, the drinking water throughout the city. Um, but in 2021, you know, um, as you as you saw with the groundbreaking, uh, we began um, operating, maintaining the new drinking water plant. There was a small period of time as the new drinking plant uh, water plant was being built that we were also operating the former treatment plant as well. And we brought over a lot of those uh, city employees to come work uh, for Veolia at that time. Now, why does a city of Woonsocket, I'm going to sort of answer the question or lead you into the question, why does the city of Woonsocket need a, a company like Veolia to uh, come in? Well, I, I think I can answer a little bit of, of that because I toured the water treatment plant on Manville Road, and then I toured the water treatment plant on um, uh, off of Joseph Avenue here in Woonsocket, and... The water treatment plant on Mamba Road, in all due respect to it, reminded me of uh, an old Commodore uh, computer. And uh, looking at the other place, uh, the new place, uh, reminded me of, uh, you know, the latest uh, Apple... uh Apple computer that you can buy. I, I guess what happened is that they're Apple and Oranges, the two, uh, the two facilities. Uh, is that a fair assumption? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, certainly the old plant served the community well and, and actually produced a, a really uh, a high-quality water um, product uh, for many, many years. Um, but as part of new regulations, particularly with the uh, discharge of that uh, drinking water residuals, um, the city was uh, worked with the, the Department of Health and uh, DEM to uh, to construct and design and construct a brand-new facility. State-of-the-art, by the way. And I, I'm sure you agree. You, you said you've seen it, so you know how... Uh, it is a beautiful place. Now, one of the reasons uh, we're uh, doing this uh, radio program, um, if you're just tuning in uh, here at WNRI, we have people coming in and out all the time. Uh, we're talking with John Oatley, and uh, he is uh, one of the vice presidents with the uh, Veolia company that uh, is a vendor uh, that um, runs the the uh, water uh, plant here in Woonsocket. Now, um you know, the other day, as a Woonsocket resident myself, uh, John, I got a notice uh, from, uh, uh, it looked like a notice from the water department. <laughs> it said something about, um, about here, is a, uh, here is an update on your water situation. And, uh, and it explained, and Mr. D'Agostino helped us a little bit on it yesterday, explained why we got that uh, water quality report uh, from, um, uh, so I guess maybe the question is, who issued that water quality report? And maybe can you explain it? Uh, Steve said it had very little to do with the quality of the drinking water, but more with the uh, transition of companies and the reporting process uh, that you that you are regulated to report on. So tell us a little bit about that notice that we received in the mail and how we should read it. Sure, certainly. And, uh, you know, it was certainly uh, something that we were required to do. Um, and it... Uh, it involved, during the transition from the old plant to the new plant, um, the state of Rhode Island Department of Health uh, certifies our analytical labs that we maintain at the facilities. Basically, we have to be certified in order to test the, the quality of the water and report to, to the state. And during the transition between the old Manville plant and the new uh, Jilson uh, location, um, there was a three-week period of time we have the lab certification. We are waiting for the lab certification to be approved by the state, uh, the Rhode Island Department of Health. The Rhode Island Department of Health certifies all analytical labs throughout the state. Uh, and during that time, there was just that three-week overlap, or actually gap is a better way to say it, between 
the certification for the old plant, the certification for the new plant. But all the samples were taken, all the samples were analyzed, all the samples were reported, uh, and passed all their quality assurance. Uh, and the same people were conducting the analysis, and we've subsequently, after that three-week period, received our certification from the Rhode Island Department of Health. Um, what happened is, as, as we often do, we self-audit all of our uh, facilities. Um, so in February of 2022, um, we self-audited all of our uh, information, and we discovered this three-week gap where the certification for the old plant expired before the certification of the new plant was it. So just in full transparency, we, we felt and, and are obligated to report that to the state of Rhode Island, uh, which we did. Um, then in April of last year, April of 2022, they determined that that, that qualified as a Tier 3 uh, violation, which is simply an administrative violation and had nothing to do with water quality. Uh, and as part of that uh, Tier 3 notification, we were required within one year to inform of all of our customers of that event. Um, and that's what, what we did, and that was the letter you received. Now, unfortunately, the... The information that's on the letter is is dictated uh, specifically by the, the Rhode Island Department of Health. So the language that's contained in that notice was provided to us, and and uh, we were required to uh, to include it. And it did leave you know people like yourself probably with some questions. Uh, and that's why I went before City Council uh, on Monday to try to help bring a little more context and why I'm here with you today. All right, and one of the things that uh, digging deeper on the report, uh, I. Notice the the term uh, contaminants were used in the report, and um, it denoted three uh, contaminants, um, and there are many, many uh, different contaminants because I'm looking, uh, I, I save, I'm one of those people, uh, I don't know if I'm like you, John, I, I save the annual water quality report from the 2021, 2020, 2019, do I have to go back any further? Anyway, uh, back to uh, this particular notice, though, which was very short. It talked about something called chlorite, and um, and so um, that is uh, some kind of a byproduct, I guess. And it also talked about water quality parameters. So there were three things noted in that report. I was wondering if you could break them down for us and uh, tell us what uh, they mean in layman's terms. Well, they use the word contaminant because that's uh, a byproduct found, you know, a residual that's found in the water. But I can assure, you know, you and the residents that all of those contaminants were well below the uh, levels that uh, were required to to maintain. Um, But specifically, um, during that three-week period, and maybe I should back up a second, the way that we report our data, we report it in six-month increments. So even though this event took place over a three-week period, um, because of regulations, it, it, it needs to be reported as, as six months in time. Uh, that's You'll also see that on that, that notice. Um, but the, uh, the specific eminence uh, that we were required to report on were um, a pH, uh, which perhaps uh, you, you may be familiar with. It's, a, it's the acidic or alkaline level in, in the water. Um, as, uh, the other one was orthophosphate which is a, uh, a chemical that's added to help sequester uh, material inside the distribution piping so we don't get any material uh, um, coming off of uh, inside the piping. And then chloride is a byproduct of a process that, is, uh, excuse me, is part of the new facility where it's, uh, it's used to pre-oxidize the water to try to remove some uh, organic material prior to 
the uh, the treatment process. And all these uh, chemicals, I guess, for lack of a better term, are used um, internationally. I'm going to at least say nationally by water treatment uh, uh, facilities uh, because that's the way water is treated, I guess, right? That's absolutely correct. Right. All of these are, uh, you know, pH is, is important because we want to maintain uh, a neutral uh, pH or sometimes more of an alkaline um, for different uh, reasons. Uh, and chloride, again, is, a, is, a, is part of a process that we use to help pre-oxidize uh, the water material prior to treatment. Um, but, yeah, it's not unique to Woonsocket in, in any way. It's just uh, a typical normal uh, process uh, for drinking water treatment. We're going to get back to John in a second, but Chris, uh, are you uh, listening very carefully? I have a question for you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm here for you. Okay, okay. Now, one of the things uh, that our listeners uh, would like to know is uh, about this uh, company called Veolia, because uh, this is not a company that just does it in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. This is a uh, are you an international company? Maybe you can just give us, um, you know, like a one-minute or ninety-second overview of this company, so that uh, people know that uh, water is um, is your business, and it's your business all the time, twenty-four-seven, three-sixty-five. Chris, you're on. Absolutely, I, you know, Veolia is based in France, and uh, we have a large international um, presence. Uh, we have a very large presence in North America. Uh, specifically in New England, we, we serve a number of communities uh, throughout the Northeast, uh, and then we do water. Uh, we also do wastewater in some locations. We have a, a variety of, of other fields that we work with, uh, you know, sort of trying to, to push the ecological transformation and, and make sure that you know we're making a good impact on a lot of issues that are, are facing uh, ecology and, and you know, resources right now. It's a it's a, a great time to be in this field. I work with tremendous people, John included, who who are very knowledgeable and, and do a terrific job of, of you know representing us in all the communities we serve. All right, thank you. So we wanted to let our listeners know that uh, this company uh, does this uh, all over the world and all over the United States, and as you said, here in New England too. Back to uh, John uh, here in Woonsocket. I want to talk a little bit about. Um, about water, um, I have been told over the years, whether it's uh, somebody from DEM in Rhode Island or whether it's uh, somebody here in Woonsocket uh, who uh, monitors um, water, that we are lucky. Uh, not only do we have a pristine reservoir in Smithfield feeding into Woonsocket, uh, but we have a great backup uh, reservoir uh, in, uh, in Blackstone, which we do not use uh, very often. But the point is that uh, if you've got to treat the water at the treatment plant, it's always nice to have an incoming product that's in pretty good condition in the first place. Why don't you share with our listeners that uh, Woonsocket is very lucky to have such a beautiful reservoir sending you uh, a nice product to treat. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Anytime, uh, and that's why it's so important to protect those uh those those pristine waters as well. Uh, but yes, Woonsocket does benefit from the fact that uh, many many years ago they purchased the rights to all that water. Uh, I, I would have to say that the uh, the founding fathers of Woonsocket were well ahead of their time in recognizing the value and the importance of uh, of those re- reservoirs. Uh, but yes, anytime the uh, 
the feed water to our treatment plants is, is maintained at a high quality. It certainly makes uh, the the you know the uh, the treatment process easier and 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 better, but also the the final product uh, obviously becomes uh, much better as well. Uh, and not all communities uh, you know have that uh, have that available to them uh, certainly. Um, and in some communities, they have to go to a much higher level of treatment in order to uh, to maintain those standards. Now I want to talk about um, <clears throat> the uh, the report that uh, we got in the mail the other day. It was very uh, very brief uh, report, but yet on uh, in past years I get a um, a very detailed report <clears throat> presented by the Woonsocket Water Division. And like I said, I for some reason I keep these things as records, and and I'm not quite sure if I'm the only one in the city, uh, or besides a few other people who. Uh, lead boring lives or so, so forth that read it but i do read it uh, do we are we going to get uh, that kind of detailed report in future years or is um is basically um that's something uh, that um used to happen but won't happen anymore no and i think the report you're referring to is called the consumer confidence report uh, and that that is an annual requirement uh, you will be receiving that probably within 30 days uh, i don't know the exact date of that it's coming out uh, but that is an annual report uh, that we're required to produce. And, in fact, the, the notice that we sent out ahead of that could have been included as part of that CCR, Consumer Confidence Report. But, however, it wouldn't have uh, it would have exceeded the one-year reporting requirement. So uh, it's just because of the timing of when we received uh, the notice from uh, DOH to send out the notice, <laughs> uh, it just unfortunately didn't fall within the, the time frame that the CCR would be uh, distributed. So you will be receiving a, 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 a consumer confidence report uh, for 2022 shortly. The uh, broadcast industry um, is regulated by the Federal Communications Commission. And uh, it's sad that uh, the FCC has to actually monitor radio and television stations, uh, but uh, apparently uh, they... Uh, they just want to make sure that we're following the rules. I would like you to share with us uh, who watches uh, not only uh, Woonsocket Water, but who watches the water industry uh, in the state, statewide, and, and is it also monitored nationally uh, by uh, na- national agencies so that uh, you have a lot of people to answer to in a regulatory sense? John? Sure. Certainly uh, within the state of Rhode Island, there Rhode Island Department of Health uh, is the governing body uh, for uh, drinking water uh, treatment plants. Um, however, every you know this is all part of the, the federal law that uh, is uh, managed and governed by the uh, Environmental Protection Agency. So the rules and, and policies come down from the EPA. They're they're adopted and enforced uh, at the local level by the Rhode Island Department of Health. So in reporting, we report both to the, the Department of Health as well as the Environmental Protection Agency. All right, and so we're going to um, kind of uh, let you off the, the, the hook here and <laughs> let you get back to uh, your responsibilities. But, uh, again, we want to uh, let our listeners know why we are doing this interview. First of all, we don't want confusion uh, between uh, the discussion that's going to be ongoing in the months to come on wastewater uh, that um, is an issue here in Woonsocket. And I'm not even going to ask you guys anything about that. Uh, I'm sure you're following it with uh, great interest. But um, we're talking about the water plant uh, in Woonsocket. So the water comes down from uh, the reservoir and uh, piped up uh, to the um, 
to the water treatment plant. The water treatment plant uh, sends out a product. And we're not going to talk about uh, lead because what happens is the water leads, leaves the plant and then it gets into the pipes and that's another matter. And, and um, uh, do you have any responsibility for that? It sounds like uh, your responsibility uh, ends when uh, it uh, leaves the water treatment plant. But I could be wrong and that's why we do these interviews. Uh, you're absolutely correct. Um, you know, our responsibility is, is the drinking water plant. Um, but we do work very closely with the city department uh, in, in, you know, trying to optimize and maintain to the best uh, possible um, the dis- distribution uh, system. So uh, it's a close relationship, but you're right. Our our responsibility is the uh, uh, end at the, uh, at the uh, point of entry into the distribution system. I don't know if either one of you guys want to comment on this, but um, it was ironic that uh, on the way in, I was uh, listening to uh, radio. I have to admit, I wasn't listening to my own station. But uh, anyway, I was still listening. I think it was WBZ in Boston. And they were talking about water worldwide. And what we learned in that report is that um, 22% of uh, the global population, 22% has access to safe, clean, abundant drinking water. Subtract 22% from that, and then the rest of the world, of course, some of them don't have any water at all, and then a good population has access to water that's contaminated with all kinds of problems, and so on and so forth. But the point is, the majority of the people in the world Billions of people um, do not have the pleasure of being able to go to uh, their uh, their sink and and, and pour uh, you know clean water out, and uh, we do here. That struck me uh, as I was coming in to, to uh, talk about water this morning. Uh, anyone, even the the um, community reach out guy. <laughs> Any one of you want to at least uh, absolutely yeah talk on that a little bit. Roger, I mean, that's a testament to to our, our crews on the ground. Uh, you know, the, the people working in Woonsocket to ensure that you have this water. And it, you know, Veolia is doing a, a fantastic job uh, serving our communities. Other, you know, other uh, water providers are doing a terrific job. Uh, North America has the safest water in the in, on the planet, uh, if, if you look at those statistics. So it, it, it's something that we take for granted, uh, but it's something that, there's a lot of hard work behind it, and, and we're appreciative of our crews who are doing that for us. You know, I have some critics uh, here in the uh, radio industry. They call me Softball Roger. That means that I never ask any tough questions. Um, and I have a reason for doing it, because if I uh, if I ever wanted to uh, have you guys on the program again, all I have to do is throw a question out there that uh, says... I'll never talk to this guy again. I kill. I don't trust him. But it is a softball question, so I might as well be uh, true to myself. Uh, and this question is for you, John. You know, when I drive by Jilson Avenue and I look up the hill, uh, I see a fence there, and it says, "Do not come into the way uh, into the water treatment plant because um, you know we've got the fence closed and and we you know we allow." Uh, vendors to bring us chemicals and we allow employees and so forth and i'm not asking for a tour and i'm not asking for an open house but uh, open up the doors uh, from a radio point of view and tell us here at uh, 20 of nine in the morning what is going on inside that building so that people know 
uh, that uh, you're uh, taking care of our water so that when it gets to our faucet, uh, what, what, what are the kinds of workers that are doing work? What are the kinds of testing uh, that's going on? Okay, well, let me just start by saying, you know, the reason there's a fence and there's security cameras and, and we, we maintain vigilance is because, obviously, it, it's imperative that we protect, uh, you know, the safe um, drinking yeah. water. Yeah, I don't want you to remove the fence. I think it's good. <laughs> right. uh, that being said, you know, we, we certainly are open to uh, tours and, and, and certain, uh, you know, uh, aspects of, of, our, of our, our process. Uh, you know, transparency is important. Uh, assets belong to the residents of the city of Woonsocket. Uh, and, and we certainly would encourage anyone that has questions or concerns to reach directly out to the plant staff, and, and, and they'd be happy to address it. But, but to answer your question, what happens behind the fence or behind the building is, you know, the, the raw water comes to the reservoir. Uh, it typically is pre-treated to remove, uh, you know, as much organic material, and think of that as like leaves and debris that falls into the reservoir. Um, and then it passes through a series of uh, treatment processes uh, where we introduce certain chemicals to remove sediments and, and other contaminants. Uh, and then it passes through a series of tanks where, again, additional filtration is, is, is t- taking place. Um, and then it's, uh, it's disinfected. Uh, and then it's uh, sent up to the, uh, into the distribution system uh, where it's stored in, the, you may see those storage tanks. There's one at the top of, uh, of Gilson Avenue um, where, where it then provides, uh, you know, um, pressure to all the taps and businesses within the city of Woonsocket. But there's a series of uh, multiple steps of treatment inside that building, uh, state-of-the-art, um, you know, at the time that it was constructed, um, and it performs exceptionally well. It produces a very high-quality uh, product uh, for the residents of the city of Woonsocket. So, John, if you were in the studio with me uh, and I handed you some uh, Woonsocket water, you would drink it, yes? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, you know, and again, <laughs> old plant. For, for what about you, Chris? <laughs> absolutely. Okay. I, I, look, I, I trust John. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you do. Um, we're going to finish up our uh, so uh, good good quality water. You can uh, you can tell us, and, and you're a Rhode Island guy in the first place, John. So uh, if you're from Rhode Island, uh, then we can trust you, right? <laughs> <laughs> Life lifelong. Uh, I'm going to okay. close up by saying uh, now you're going to wonder why I'm putting it this way. Um, the company <clears throat> that we're uh, talking about and the people that we're talking to are really the middle people. The I hate to use the expression middleman. I'll explain that. What that means is that uh, sitting right now in Smithfield is water. And um, that water is, um, uh, and, and the, the people, there, there are some people who actually are assigned by the city of Woonsocket, they were employees, to watch out for the reservoir. And uh, they are not Viola employees. Uh, they work for the city of Woonsocket. Anyway, that water, um, correct me when I'm wrong. And then that water flows into, uh, into Woonsocket and is pumped up to the treatment plant. That's where you, uh, John, come into play, right? Uh, at treatment. And, right. and then it's sent out of the plant and then it's back to the city of Woonsocket. And we want to recognize in this interview... Uh, the men and women in the Woonsocket Water Department that have to uh, go out into the streets, uh, especially in winter, and um, and as a water main break, uh, this is not a Viola project. Uh, this is a uh, City of Woonsocket Water Department project. So there are really 
um, different entities handling the water from the reservoir to the treatment plant uh, to um, installing um, installing some new pipes. Uh, so uh, maybe you can finish up by recognizing that, John. No, you're absolutely right, Roger. And, and, and you know, to a person, you know, they're, they're as professional as we are. Uh, they take their jobs very, very seriously, uh, as we, we do. Uh, we interact with them almost on a daily basis. Uh, it's a great working relationship. Um, and this, and I, I do feel the city should be proud of the work that, that uh, those guys do day in and day out. Um, especially uh, when, when when it goes unnoticed as to you know what what they're dealing with on a day day to day basis. It's always uh, it's always easy to point out when when there's a problem, but uh, day in and day out, they're uh, they're out in the field uh, performing exceptionally well. John and Chris, thank you for uh, chatting with us. I don't know if there's anything that you want to add that I may not have covered because you say, well, this guy uh, wants to do an interview. What is he going to ask us about? What is he going to talk about? Does he know what he's talking about? And um, and so here's your chance. Yeah, well, selfishly, uh, you know, anyone listening, uh, Veolia's hiring. <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're really looking for the next generation of uh, water professionals um, to get into the business. If, if people are interested in saving the planet and uh, protecting the environment, uh, Veolia is, is uh, certainly a company to consider coming to work for. All right. So um, um, so how do they do that process? Uh, do they go on your website or uh, do they call locally or what do they do? Um, yeah, we, uh, I would encourage them to vi- visit uh, the website, veolia.com, uh, and go to the career website uh, and look for all, all the opportunities. All right, thank you. I'm going to summarize uh, before I let you guys uh, go uh, what this program uh, is about. The Woonsocket Water Division uh, is part of the Department of Public Works, and uh, that's why Mr. D'Agostino uh, was um, instrumental in helping us set up today's program. Its mission is to provide quality drinking water and dependable service to the public. And uh, the, um, the water division has a water treatment plant on Gilson Avenue or for Gilson Avenue that is operated by this uh, company and uh, the two representatives on the line with us t- today, Veolia. Uh, international company and uh, they're, uh, they're up there doing their job. And then the water comes down to uh, excess of over 50,000 customers daily. So this is a operation where a lot of people are receiving the end product. And uh, from the website, it says, When Sockets Water, commitment to excellence is demonstrated by our investment in our employees and all system operators are state certified based on a successful comprehensive national examination and continuing adult requirement, uh, uh, education requirements. So water is serious business, and uh, we want to thank uh, these uh, two gentlemen for uh, telling us a little bit about our water system and we hope that our purpose of the program, we hope the public has a better understanding of uh, what happens when you open up that tap. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Roger. We appreciate the opportunity. We appreciate it, too. Thank you. And um, this has been our interview. These guys uh, were on the line from uh, New Jersey with us this morning and Rhode Island. Uh, his name, John Oatley. He um, has worked in Woonsocket for many, many years uh, and now is Senior Vice President with Veolia. And he uh, was our expert this morning. The community outreach and and um, I guess you'd call it a public relations type of person was uh, Chris Halloran. And he was speaking to us from his office in New Jersey. 
And I thank Steve D'Agostino again for uh, enlightening me uh, with um, the uh, names of these people so that we could um, get to um, talk about it. And incidentally, Mr. Uh, Oatley was in town at the council meeting on Monday speaking to the city council. And uh, now you've got a chance to hear him uh, in an um, informal interview on WNRI. We'll be back with uh, the rest of the Upfront program and, um, and also a, a chance. That, well, we'll tell you later after we get back. Time out for this. My name is Daniel Keefe, and I am seeking to be elected to the Blackstone Board of Selectmen. I have previously served on the Water Sewer Commission, the Regional Wastewater Commission, Capital Outlay Committee, BMR Regional Agreement Committee, and the Board of Selectmen from 2015 to 2021. In the past two years, I've worked cooperatively with the Memorial Day Committee and the Parks and Recs Commission to successfully create the Veterans Day celebration held at Roosevelt Park. I am also currently a member of the Blackstone Millville Regional School District School Committee, as well as the Chairman of the Board of Directors for the Blackstone Valley Boys and Girls Club. Over the past two years, I have watched the town and the taxpayers' expenses increase with almost no new sources of revenue being generated. During my time as a selectman, I worked closely with other boards and commissions in a cooperative effort. We were able to bring online five solar fields, two cannabis dispensaries, and negotiate a 10-year agreement with our power plant, generating millions of dollars of revenue to offset the tax burden in our community. With major proposals on the horizon, such as potential purchase of St. Teresa's Church, the feasibility study and potential renovations within our school district and the funding for our water treatment facility, we are in need of additional revenue. Otherwise, the bulk of the burden will be placed back on the taxpayers. I humbly ask for your vote to work on your behalf and keep Blackstone affordable for all. Thank you. Daniel P. Keefe, candidate for Blackstone Board of Selectmen. Election held April 3rd, 2023. Paid for Dan Keefe. A Northern Rhode Island family-owned tradition since 1977. Yes, it's the ice cream machine. 4288 Diamond Hill Road in Cumberland, where the ice cream is homemade. Thanks for selecting them best ice cream in the Blackstone Valley by Rhode Island Monthly's Best of Rhode Island Awards. Hey, when you visit the ice cream machine, you can always find new flavors, yogurt, sorbets, and now going into their spring flavors. Oh, and did I tell you, they've got great ice cream pies. And check out their store with great candy and homemade fudge, just to name a few. Open year-round 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Today's a great day to head out to the ice cream machine in Cumberland on Diamond Hill Road. It's the place everyone can't stop talking about. La Familia Restaurant with three locations, Cumberland, Taunton, and Southeastern. Make plans to relax and enjoy yourself at Cumberland's famous La Familia Restaurant. We guarantee you will love our classic Italian dishes. Stop by La Familia Restaurant seven days a week at 1666 Diamond Hill Road in Cumberland. Uh, yes, La Familia Restaurant. So I want to mention in this commercial that um, one of my uh, favorite places to go um, was the bocce. And uh, one of the reasons I liked going there is they had a dish called Shrimp Mozambique. And that Fernanda, the uh, chef at, uh, at bocce, would uh, make it nice and spicy. I love spicy uh, food. And boy, could she uh, give me a spicy Shrimp Mozambique. Well, of course, the bocce closed, and uh, I was uh, disappointed. But uh, then somebody brought to my attention that La Familia Restaurant in Cumberland has um, shrimp Mozambique. And uh, so I've said it can't be as good as Fernandez at bocce, but um, 
Uh, I guess we should try it out. We did. Now, I've had it four times since then. May I recommend not only the shrimp Mozambique, if that was one of your favorite dishes at Bocce, but may I recommend uh, some of their other great uh, dishes, too, at La Familia Restaurant. This, you know, the Cumberland one, that's one of three locations. And uh, they know Portuguese food. And, of course, they have uh, regular or what I'd call American cuisine. So if you're looking for good food, you might want to try them out. We are La Familia Restaurant. And we are in Cumberland. And we are good. How good are we? So good that I'm willing to travel. 23 minutes and 14 seconds to get there instead of um, heading around the corner to a local restaurant. Um, not to say I don't like local restaurants. Go there all the time. But um, it's worth the drive if you're in Woonsocket to go to La Familia. But a lot of you are listening in Cumberland. It's right down the street. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. So we had our discussion on water. I bring up this topic only because um, I don't know if I want to bring up a topic like this um, uh, at the beginning of a talk show because it is such a grim topic. However, being a little bit older and knowing some people who would rather be dead than alive, I think this is a topic worth discussing. Members of the Rhode Island House Judiciary Committee met last night about a proposed bill that would give terminally ill people with six months to live an option to have a medically assisted death through a prescription. Those against the bill said family and support is enough to help someone through the final phases of life. Quote, I think a lot of people really the issue of depression and loneliness, if you can give people support, give them the proper pain relief and treat the depression, a lot of people would withdraw the request for an early and scheduled death for this kind of thing. That's what William McKenna testified. Now, supporters in the Judiciary Committee say in other states that have passed the same legislation, patients don't always end up choosing to take that pill which will end their life. Of course, they have a disease or a condition that they can't and don't want to live with any longer. Only about two-thirds of the people who request a prescription end up taking it. Many of them dying without taking it, but have found great comfort in knowing that was there just as a mental support, said one representative of the Judiciary Committee. Residents in support added that people who are that ill or... People who are in that much pain don't want the burden their loved ones put through the process. What you're doing is you're getting your loved ones to watch you in agony. If you could say to them, hey, I have an option. If the pain gets too bad, I can die. And that seems to me a really great comfort to the people around you, said another person. Uh, one person recalled his father's painful passing after double hip surgeries and possible prostate cancer, wishing he had a choice watching my father and watching uh, a cousin. I think people have a right to die with a little dignity, said this testifier. The bill was not voted on last night, but discussion will continue into further meetings. And can you think of people in your life who suffered so much that you wish that there was a pill that they could take at there, and they have full faculties. You wish, you wish they could have had a pill to take 
so that they could bring an end to their suffering. This is a controversial topic, but it's a very, very sensitive uh, and one that has to be discussed, and it's being discussed right now in the Rhode Island General Assembly. And it was discussed in Massachusetts. They do things a little differently. When they have an item like this to look at, they'll put it on the ballot for the people of Massachusetts to vote for. In Rhode Island, the General Assembly makes a decision for us. And in Massachusetts, it was a close defeat, Roger. It was 51 to 49 percent to vote that almost identical type of measure down in the base state. It has not resurfaced over the past two cycles. We'll see if it does, especially if Rhode Island moves forward. Um, but, I, you know, sometimes I think of, like, uh, Keating Wilcox, who once owned this radio station. Uh, he had to sell it. The family wasn't interested in the media business. He was on his deathbed, if you will, uh, dealing with cancers. And then all of a sudden, after uh, you and your partners bought the station back, he went into remittance, became fully healthy uh, as a miracle, and uh, went back into the media business. His remission uh, took it, him it, a couple of years. Uh, in a couple of years, yeah. life, yeah. Um, but it does happen. Uh, but a tough measure. It was narrowly defeated in Massachusetts, but we know at least here in Northern Rhode Island, we still have a very strong Christian uh, thought process where they'll still look at that as a form of suicide, which uh, could prevent the gates of heaven. So a lot of religion does weigh in on this hesitation. And also, if it was that close in Massachusetts, I find so many times that uh, a vote, especially a close vote, goes one way or the other based on how it is worded on the ballot. Uh, so that um, if um, people um, don't uh, have a, a better understanding of what uh, they're voting on before they go in there, before they look at the wording, uh, they might not uh, have uh, a decision that is going to uh, be the same decision if it were worded in a different way. Anyway, a very interesting topic. And the other topic uh, for talk show uh, hosts uh, you know, um, wastewater treatment here in Woonsocket. But the reconstruction of uh, Route 146 as it relates to 295, uh, those two, those bridges on 295 that go over 146 are going to be replaced. And then, of course, the biggie down the street to the uh, north of uh, the bridges. Um, and that is that interchange there at um, uh, what's Sales, Hill. Sales Hill Road. Yeah. Boy, I'm gl- glad to see that go. But it's going to be a couple of years before that's all done. Yeah, in addition to those uh, big-ticket items <laughs> you talked about, it's nice to see they're also going to be really through the Northern Rhode Island corridor of 146 installing those wrong-way detectors at the on-and-off ramps. Uh, that's kind of the new thing on highway safety. So if a, if a vehicle is going on an off-ramp or off an on-ramp, it'll send a signal right to the state police so they can uh, respond to try to prevent a fatality or accident. That's it for our show for today. Tomorrow, John Brian takes over, and uh, he's uh, introduced an uh, interesting uh, piece of uh, legislation that is uh, before the General Assembly, and I think he'll talk about it tomorrow on the uh, Upfront program on WNRI.